you know, because I knew at minus 35 a human's not going to survive long without boots or anything. But uh, I just started hoofing it downtown and that's where they picked me up. This is Brian, and he has a very difficult story to tell of being attacked at gunpoint, robbed of nearly all his clothes, beaten, and left outside in the extreme cold. I didn't even make it that far because the extreme cold, my feet just froze solid, eh? And of course I was disoriented, so who knows if I was even going in the right direction, but it's scary to think about, you know. Honestly, if it wasn't for that van, I'd be under that snow drift till spring, you know. Brian has endured incredible pain in the last few weeks, and he faces a long recovery, but he's grateful to have hope, and he wanted to share his story with you and thank you for making it possible. This is Hope Stories. Hi, I'm Brenton Dreger from Hope Mission. Today on Hope Stories, you'll hear Brian's story. And as you can imagine from what you've already heard, it is a tough one and it deals with some mature content. So you might want to listen to this episode without children nearby. A little later, you'll hear from a member of the Hope Mission rescue van about the impact of knowing someone's name. You'll find out what it feels like to be personally greeted by a familiar face when you're homeless and feeling alone and marginalized. But first, let's listen to Brian share his experience of being robbed, beaten, and left outside in the dead of winter. When I met Brian in the nursing clinic at Hope Mission's Herb Jamison Center, his ears were blackened by frostbite, one of his feet was thoroughly bandaged, and he was in a wheelchair. But Brian was in remarkably good spirits and eager to tell his story. Well, Brian, uh, I guess let's start by talking about what brought you to Hope Mission. Uh, I was mugged and mugged at gunpoint on December 26th. They took all my winter clothes. They took all my, everything I had on me, my boots included. It was like minus 35. I roamed the streets for a day and a half with nothing, like no clothes, just my basically my long johns and my long sleeve shirt. Uh, they found me on the 28th of December, so I've been here since the 28th of December. Suffered amnesia from the like hitting my head and being so cold and almost near death, you know. Wow. And then, uh, so all that happened. I've been staying here now for, I guess, about eight days. And uh, my amnesia suddenly cleared up last night. I had kept dreaming of that, like I said, the same apartment over and over again. Gave them a call this morning, and sure enough, I have my apartment still waiting there, so... Thank you for the Hope oh, wow. Mission being here, because if it wasn't for them, you know, I wouldn't have never survived, because, you know, they give us food and clothes, because I had nothing. They've been clothing wow. me and feeding me and nice bed to sleep in, keeping me warm and safe, so... Yeah, definitely props to the Hope Mission, and, yeah, anybody wow. that donates is, you know, it's greatly appreciated, yeah. <clears throat> Um, can I ask you a bit more about, I mean, about, you mentioned being mugged, you know, two days after Christmas, it's really cold out. What do you remember about that? Just being terrified, you yeah. know, because I knew at minus 35, a human's not going to survive long without boots or anything. But uh, I just started hoofing it downtown, and that's where they picked me up was, I don't even remember the exact address, but it was somewhere between 107th Ave and Hope Mission. I didn't even make it that far because the extreme cold, my feet just froze solid, eh? And of course I was disoriented, so who knows if I was even going in the right direction, but yeah. 
you say when they picked you up. This was the Hope Mission yeah, Rescue Van? Yeah, the Hope van? Mission Rescue Van. Yeah, yeah, they're the ones that picked me up, yeah. And how did they, how did they uh, find you? Apparently it was at a red light they had stopped, and they saw my arm sticking out of a snowdrift because I was laying there for so long. This, it was snowing oh, at the wow. time, so it was just blowing snow over me, and yeah, my arm happened to be sticking out enough. They caught the color of my shirt or whatever they managed to catch, and yeah. Yeah. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've had some time, I guess, to think about that. Um, what do you, what do you make of that now? Having a, you know, days to reflect on that. Um, just. It's just the, sickening guess, how yeah. people can treat each other like that. You know, like yeah. people shouldn't be just doing that. Because the last thing I remembered him saying is, "Let's mug this guy and see how long he can survive." Like, you're going to do that to somebody just for fun, you know, like almost like sport. Like, how sick do you have to be, you know? How people can treat mm -hmm. people like that is just amazing to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a bit about your, your recovery since then, I guess, what you're, uh, what you're been, recovering from? Uh, I've got third-degree frostbite on my ears, so they're pretty much a loss, they tell me. But they're coming mm -hmm. back, which is good. Like, I'm getting color back in them mm -hmm. and sensitivity. I've got uh, third-degree third on my pinky, second-degree on my... Uh, this finger no feeling in these three at all and no feeling in these three uh third second degree on my right foot and like f minimal frostbite on my left foot mm. but uh been getting just daily home like daily visits from the nurses getting my bandages changed and yeah making sure everything's healthy and clean mm. can you tell us a bit about like you mentioned the hope mission rescue van picked you up they saw you they got you into the van what happened next? Where did they take you and what do you, uh, remember? What do you remember about far that? As far as I recall, they put me in the van and then like obviously wrapped me up, bundled me up, make sure I was warm. Uh, then I remember them, they brought me to the this place, the Herb, uh, the Hope Mission here. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I've been there now for eight days in, in uh, the low mobility. Mm. Yeah, and everybody's like really nice. Like everybody thinks it's going to be such a bad place to stay because oh, they're all homeless people. No, it's just people that have a different story to tell. Mm. They're not bad people because the situation they're in, the situation they're in happens to be bad. You know, yeah. that's the way I think about yeah. it. Like everybody here I met has been awesome. Like I've had no issues, and I get along great with everybody. They're really personable people, and mm. yeah, yeah. So what's next for you, Brian? Uh, I got a job lined up for the spring because it's going to take me three months to heal, they're telling me. Like about 12 weeks okay. to fully heal and be able to go back to work. But yeah, I got a job lined up up north on the, with the oil companies doing, uh, going back to being a chef. So, yeah, I'm excited for that. Mm. Moving on to bigger and better things. So. Okay, and back to your apartment? That, that yes. You mentioned the apartment's come back yeah, to you yeah, and now you get to yeah, come back to it. <laughs> yeah, I called my landlord today and I got my apartment waiting there and... Yeah, like I said, I had left chicken out on the counter for dinner two weeks ago, and I okay. left my apartment, and they smelled that rotting chicken oh, thinking wow. it was me in there, and they did a wellness check yesterday, and yeah, no, my apartment's still fine, everything's still there, my landlord said, yeah, you're more than welcome to come back, so they just got to get me keys cut, and I'm going back home. Wow. Yeah, like uh, I said, if it wasn't for the Hope Mission, I wouldn't be going back home, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What do you, yeah, do you think about that, like what... What could have been versus oh, what yeah. is. Oh, yeah, it's scary to think about, you know. Like, honestly, if it wasn't for that van, I'd be yeah. under that snowdrift till spring, you know. And I'll definitely be donating now that, you know, I've utilized this service and I realize how life-changing it is. I'm going to be a personal donor now mm. myself. Yeah. Well, Brian, you've been through an awful lot. Um, yeah, I think it, a lot of people can't, well, we can't imagine what that's, uh, what that's like. And I'm just, yeah. yeah, grateful for you sharing your story. I'm glad to hear that you're 
you're on the road to recovery and uh, yeah, you're nope. able to kind of get back into your place and look forward to your yep. getting back to work and that sort of thing. All the best with your recovery. Thank you. And uh, yeah, I appreciate sharing, sharing my story. You know, if it helps someone else get through a bad day, then yeah, yeah, it does get better. It does get better. Yeah, it might not seem like it at the time, but yeah, just keep faith and yeah, keep on trucking. Yeah, yeah. I I, I could have went into a negative place, but I tried to stay positive, and it worked. So yeah, that's inspiring stuff. Yeah. Huh. Thanks, Brian. Thank you. Yeah, and thank you to the donors. I am blown away by Brian's perspective. He's a victim of a violent crime, and he's still able to express gratitude for the gift of life. That inspires me. And I'm struck by how thankful he is for you, the donor he has never and likely will never meet. Your gift provides access to life-changing, and in this case, life-saving care through a hot meal, warm shelter, and through community outreach like the Hope Mission Rescue Van. Alberta's winters can be hard to bear for anyone, but for those who do not have the resources of food and shelter, winter can be dangerous. On March 11th, I invite you to join me for this year's Cold Hands Warm Hearts Walk. We will walk in solidarity and to raise funds for Hope Mission to continue to provide meals, shelter, and care for the men, women, youth, and children who come to our doors. Go to hopemission.com warmhearts to learn more and to create your team. And right now, we especially need you to sign up as a team captain and start recruiting your family, friends, and colleagues to join Cold Hands Warm Hearts. We've had some extremely cold weather this winter, and one of the stories I think of when it gets so cold is Colleen, who's now in our Wellspring Recovery Program. And Colleen shares, I've been out in minus 30 on the streets. No socks, just shoes. It's like a nightmare, like a living nightmare. Like I had never been homeless in my life. I was married for 24 years. I have kids and I made one mistake and that mistake took my family from me. Colleen says, I was pretty much in denial about my addiction and then it just took me, overcame me and there was really no hope. She remembers that it started snowing and all I had was a makeshift shanty and I couldn't take it anymore. And I was like, where am I gonna go? What am I gonna do? And I ended up at the Hope Mission. From there, Colleen got into the Wellspring Recovery Program, and once she got settled in, one of the first things she did was go visit her daughter. And Colleen says, I just hugged her. I just hugged her. I'm so grateful that my daughters forgave me for what I did. I lied to them about my addiction and things like that, so I'm very grateful that they're back in my life. I'm so grateful to you for making this story a reality. A special shout out to our Hearts of Hope monthly donors, to our partners in hope, and to all those who made a gift toward emergency care. I always enjoy hearing from you about what inspires your gift. Patricia commented on Facebook, please keep doing what you're doing to help those in need. No one knows what tomorrow will bring. God bless you all. And here's an email from Nadia. Throughout all my years living in Edmonton, I've always feared the winters and their sustained frozen temperatures for those that could not escape it or when a holiday season would come and all the families that needed a little extra cheer. It isn't much, I know. I'm not a rich person by any means, but I hope I have added to the coffers a bit and brought someone out of the cold for a bit or given a family a start. That's great to hear, Nadia. Thank you so much for your gift and for sharing what inspires you with us. And if you have a question you'd like to ask, 
Send us an email at hopestories at hopemission.com. Margaret asked, I'm happy to donate to Hope, Mustard Seed, The Legion, but how much of my money that I send do they get after the central mailing company takes their share? That's a really good question, Margaret, and you can actually find the answer in our annual reports. You can find our financials online at hopemission.com under About Us. Or, if you've ever taken a close look at the fine print in our mail appeals, you'll notice that based on our most recent audited statement, Hope Mission's expenses are 86% charitable programs and 14% fundraising and administration. So thanks for the great question, Margaret. I think it's one that a lot of people ask as they consider the impact of their gift. I want to hear from you. Email me your question at hopestories at hopemission.com. Before we go, I want to share one more hope story with you. When you see someone in distress, and if it's not an emergency, please call 211 and press extension 3. That call comes to the 24-7 Crisis Diversion Team and dispatches the Hope Mission rescue van. Jason Miller, who works on our rescue van, tells you about one such call that illustrates the power of having someone know you personally and greet you by name. We, we just were called out to a, a bank festival this afternoon. Um, the individual is wrapped in blankets, which is a common way to, for homeless people to stay warm. Um, just were called out. He seemed like he was in some mental distress. Um, 211 Hope Mission shows up and he recognizes us. And that recognition, that relational, it, it can de-escalate it right off the bat. Because mm -hmm. he's out in community in his blankets and probably feels marginalized. In his mind, he doesn't really fit. Right. And so for us to show up and say, you're okay with us, we can make him start to de-escalate that mental crisis that he may be finding himself in. Yeah. Then we can do some assessment. A lot of times people need sleep. There's a lot of sleep deprivation going on. So for us to be able to say, we can get you to shelter, we'll get you in right away, no lineups, get you in, get you sleeping, and, and provide some food. It can be a little bit of a plan that they may not have had earlier in their day. It's just something simple like that, I think, is, is really valuable to our community. Like we're picking people up from very commercial areas, taking a mentally ill person out of their area so that they can continue to conduct business, but also making our community member feel like he can go to a place of safety and, and, and get some provision. So. And he knew you and you knew him. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. We called him by his first name and basically he, he was willing to walk to the van, you know, whereas before he's calling out into just the midair. And I think mm. not people who don't work with some of our community members can be frightful of that. It can be frightening, especially if you've got kids around and, and the unpredictability. But for us to show up, I think, again, we can advocate for both the businesses and the community of Edmonton, but also for our community members that have often felt marginalized not felt a part of society, we can bridge that gap and, and then bring them to some places of safety and provide the physical needs that they need. And by, by stabilizing them, now we're able to start working with them, start getting the truth. We can start finding out their story. Because once you find their story out, you can start to address some of the needs that they may have and, and, and hopefully put them in with social workers, social agencies that can address those needs. Right, and the place it all starts, what strikes me about this whole story is if, let's say, police or EMS or somebody in a uniform showed up to a call like that, there's a very different interaction and not necessarily through the fault of the people responding necessarily, but there's just a different, a different vibe, a different feel, a different 
um, sense to that whole thing. Whereas Jason Miller comes in and you recognize this guy and he recognizes your face and you start by calling him by his name. How much of a difference does that make that it starts with person to person, I know your name? To me, the name is the first thing we as children, we as babies, we as kids learn. So if, if I'm able to know his name, I'm dealing with a very early memory for him. It's, it's, so, it's so convoluted out here as far as the, the different things that are hitting people. To hit them with the name, we can actually start to simplify the whole scenario and get back to, I know your name. And if we can get to name, I believe then we can start to get relational. He can start to feel safe. Because when mom or dad called him by his name, he was safe. Mm -hmm. If Jason calls him by his name, he goes, I'm known. Mm. Okay, I can be safe. Jason doesn't carry weapons. Jason doesn't have any of that. Jason jokes around sometimes. So it is those types of relational uh, bonds that we rely upon at mm. HMRV for sure. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, Jason, thanks for that story. That was great. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Knowing someone by name, that's the powerful connection that your gift provides. When a community member who is struggling is seen and heard and known, that helps open the door to healing, transformation, and hope. We've recently relaunched Hope Stories, so please give the podcast a rating and a review and tell your friends. The truth is, these Hope Stories are your stories. They are truly not possible without your support. And you can write the next Hope Story today by going to hopemission.com. Hope begins with a meal. And for just $27 a month, you can become a Hearts of Hope donor and provide monthly meals, care, and programs to vulnerable people in need. Thank you for your care and compassion for providing hope to men and women, children and youth, families and communities across Alberta. I'm Brenton Dreger. Thanks for listening to Hope Stories. <music>